0: Hey you, you're listening to episode 120 of the Keto Diet Podcast. Today we're chatting about the most powerful hormone in your body, signs of hormone imbalance on keto including cortisol, progesterone, estrogen, the importance of getting a period and ovulation, intermittent fasting's effects on your hormones, birth control, and so much more. If you have questions about today's content, you can head on over to healthfulpursuit.com slash contact and ask me. The podcast extras and transcript can be found at healthfulpursuit.com slash podcast slash E120. That's where we include all the links and juicy details from today's episode. Okay, let's do this thing. You're listening to the Keto Diet Podcast, and in case you missed it, my 12-week ketogenic video training program for women, Happy Keto Body, is open for registration, but only until January 17th, 2019 at 11.59 p.m. Pacific. You can get more details by going to happyketobody.com. When you discover the perfect-for-you keto plan using Happy Keto Body, it makes all the difference between struggling, feeling frustrated, and falling off the wagon, or overcoming your frustrations and imbalances to finally get the healthy, sexy body you want. Even if you've struggled with weight, hormone imbalances, or specific health diagnosis. Even if you're menopausal, postmenopausal, perimenopausal, Happy Keto Body is for every woman who wants to take control of her health, kick her cravings and finally feel amazing in her body. You can get more details at happyketobody.com and I'm super excited to see you on the inside. Now on to the show. Our guest today is Jessica Ash, who is a SoCal-based functional clinical nutritionist, health coach, who specializes in female hormones, gut health, anti-aging, and metabolism. Just five years ago, she was suffering from symptoms of PCOS and three autoimmune diseases on a daily basis. Flash forward to now, she is healthier than ever and has transitioned her focus away from her own healing journey to help hundreds of women change their mindset about their body and hack their hormones so they can finally ditch their symptoms and live their life on fire Jessica shares daily videos resources on her Instagram and blog jessicaashwellness.com okay let's cut to this interview hey Jessica how's it going good good how are you doing I'm so good thanks for coming on the show and hanging out with me thanks for having me you're the coolest oh jeez <laughs> that's awesome I will take that happily <laughs> Um, I like to start off every episode by asking our guests, what does keto mean to you?
1: You know, I always say that keto to me is so much more than just the food. It's about kind of being satisfied and nourished and fulfilled in a world that tells women that we're really not allowed to be those things. Like if we want to have a healthy body, we have to restrict and we have to eat bunny food and we can't eat that fatty piece of steak because that's not what women do. And so for me, it's about kind of breaking the rules and allowing myself to be nourished in a world that maybe tells me I'm not allowed. I
0: love that. Nobody has answered the question like that. And I think it's just so beautiful. So thank you so much for thinking about it and answering with honesty. That's really cool. Okay. So I want to chat with you all about hormones on keto, why hormones matter, because I think, you know, it's the new year, it's January, people are really excited to try this new diet called the keto diet. (laughs) Yeah jump head first, you know, I'm gonna go to the store, I'm gonna get all the bacon and the butter and the, what else do you eat when you start keto that maybe- heavy whipping cream? Heavy whipping cream, (laughs) yes, thank you. And then they, you know, by January 13th now, maybe they're coming across some like issues and maybe they stopped losing weight or maybe they're dealing with headaches and they're like, what's going on? And specifically women are watching their significant others or their, you know, men in their lives. And thinking, well, how come he's able to do it so much easier than me? Right. What role do hormones play on our ketogenic diet?
1: You know, hormones are everything because hormones are just messengers that our brain uses to tell our cells what to do. And so, you know, we have this. HPA axis the HPT axis and the HPO axis which stands for hypothalamus pituitary Which is in our brain and it's telling our adrenals our thyroid and our ovaries what to do constantly So it's taking in our environment our fuel uh, So what we're eating our nutrition um, our exercise our stress emotional and physical and it's telling our endocrine glands what to do and so that could either work for us or work very much against us. And, you know, we have to be very careful as to how our diet, specifically our diet affects these hormones. And it's really our brain that's running the show. So our brain's taking in that environment and telling our hormones what to do.
0: And I think a lot of us downplay how important these hormones are and how food can influence them. Because I know I've met with a lot of endocrinologists over the years, especially when I was dealing with a lack of period. And they said, well, as long as you have a certain amount of body fat, it's just like, it'll just figure itself out. But would you agree that the types of foods that you eat and how you eat them dictate how your hormones will... um, Balance out or not balance out?
1: Absolutely, because certain factors affect our hormones, things like inflammation, our gut bacteria. So, you know, what our microbiome and the bacteria in our digestive system is actually coming in contact with is going to greatly affect our hormones as a whole. Also, you know, liver detoxification plays a huge role in our ability to lose weight and be in ketosis. So, if we're not eating enough, nutrients or we're not eating enough greens to kind of help that detoxification happen and help our body carry out the different chemicals we're exposed to on a daily basis toxins old hormones our liver uh, detoxifies us from old hormones then we are going to have a harder time losing weight. You know, we're going to have a harder time on the diet and we're going to have a harder time feeling good. And like you said, you know, your doctor said, well, as long as you have a certain amount of body fat percentage, you'll get your period back. But I find that so many women have gained the weight back that they were told they need to gain back. And oop. The period doesn't show up. So why is that occurring? Well, the brain is still registering stress, whether it's from the nutrition, whether it's from insulin resistance, that plays a huge role in how our brain kind of interprets stress and, or, you know, liver detoxification.
0: Are are we exposed to too many chemicals from either our diet or our environment? Mm, And these same women who are having all this stress are coming to me and saying, well, no matter how hard I eat keto, my ketones are like non-existent. What's happening? And I'm like, your cortisol <laughs> and the connection between cortisol and your ketones. Can we chat a little bit about that? absolutely so
1: cortisol is a stress hormone and it's what's turned on with, with our stress response and th- again that has to do with our hpa axis if anyone's ever heard of the term adrenal fatigue that's your adrenals don't fatigue your brain and your adrenals kind of cut off some kind of signal so your brain is telling your adrenals hey make more cortisol and your cells are becoming resistant to cortisol either due to inflammation and or some other some other reason usually insulin resistance plays a huge role. And so it's important for women to realize that if you're under stress, whether that stress is eating too little or over-exercising or not sleeping or intermittent fasting too hard and too long, all of those things Tell your brain you're starving, you're under stress uh, from your environment. They don't know. Your brain doesn't know if you're running from an angry bear or you're being hunted. Your brain just says stress, 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 stress. And so do you think that your body's going to burn fat when it might need fuel to protect your vital organs and to keep you alive when you're running from an angry bear? No, you're not going to be efficient at burning fat at all.
0: Yeah, completely. That's such a great way of explaining it. Back to today's episode in a sec. Today's show is brought to you by Everly Well. Sometimes we can spend a lot of time doing the right things and get super frustrated when things don't go the way we've planned. This is because there's a lot going on inside our bodies that we just don't know about, like inflammation, allergies, B vitamin irregularities, so many things. Like, did you know if your cortisol is just a little bit too high, it can impact how you lose weight? And if your free T3, a thyroid hormone, is too low, it can directly impact your metabolism, It can be challenging to find a doctor who will order the right tests so that we can determine what little tweaks we can make to our lifestyle to support ourselves to balance. This is why I love Everly Well. They're an at-home collection service with the prick of a finger. You can test your hormones, food sensitivities, B vitamin levels, the strength of your metabolism, and so much more. These tests are remarkably easy to do. You order the kit, it arrives in the mail, you prick your finger like you would testing your ketones, drip the blood sample, on the piece of paper send it in and voila your results are delivered to you on their secure platform in just days you can use the coupon code keto all in caps at healthfulpursuit.com well for 15% off your order unsure of the link simply check out today's show notes for all the deets okay back to today's episode So women listening right now that are like, ooh, they're talking about some really juicy things. How do I know if hormones are stopping me from being awesome? Like just an imbalance rather. Hormones will make you awesome, but if they're imbalanced, how are they gonna um, influence that? So what are some signs that people have hormone imbalance?
1: Yeah, it really depends on what's going on. So when it comes to cortisol or the stress response, usually that's going to manifest itself in lots and lots of belly fat. It's very hard to lose weight. You're going to have high fasting glucose. You're going to have a really hard time getting into ketosis because your glucose is always going to be high. One of the purposes of cortisol is actually to raise blood sugar so your cells have enough energy to exist in a state of stress uh, the next thing is if your thyroid is imbalanced. so you know t3 t4 those hormones are really important for metabolic function your thyroid is actually the temperature regulator of the body and it regulates how slow or faster metabolism will be depending on the state of stress so remember I mentioned that HPT axis the brain telling the thyroid hey slow things down or speed things up based on your stressors and if you are under stress your thyroid Needs to slow the metabolism down in order to save fuel for the future. Then we have our sex hormones. Progesterone and estradiol or estrogen run the show when it comes to women. And these hormones are so amazing when they're in balance and we're making enough of them. But when we are not, or when we have too much estrogen in relation to progesterone, we, we don't feel like ourselves and we will have a very difficult time losing weight. I mean, estrogen plays a huge role in how we distribute fat. So too much estrogen in the body can actually make us make more fat cells. Estrogen, but proper levels of estrogen keep us sensitive to insulin. Um, estrogen also fights inflammation. So we want good levels of estrogen, but too much actually inflames us and makes us more resistant to insulin. So estrogen is kind of this hormone that when we have too little, we feel like we're going crazy. We might have low libido, might get some headaches. We might just not feel very invigorated with life but when we have too much the biggest thing that that starts to manifest is during our periods we have horrible pms we have painful crampy periods because estrogen's main role is to actually thicken the uterine lining and so when we have too much we'll be crampy we'll be crabby (laughs) we'll be irritable and we will have a lot of weight gain around our hips and thighs then we have progesterone which that is my favorite hormone, or my favorite sex hormone. Oh gosh, I love progesterone. (laughs) Oh, give me all the progesterone. So progesterone is like the yin to estrogen's yang. And when they're in balance, when you have enough progesterone, it keeps estrogen in check. And it thins the uterine lining. It gives you better periods. It helps you sleep at night. It helps with anxiety. So when women come to me and they're like, I have so much anxiety, I'm like, are you ovulating? Are you making progesterone? Um, But the biggest thing is it stimulates the thyroid. And so if you have thyroid problems or slow thyroid, check the progesterone levels because that sex hormone is what's responsible for stimulating the thyroid from days 14 to 28 of your cycle.
0: Progesterone changed my life. Like me too. Oh, progesterone. And I still have to supplement with it with a bioidentical because I just, I can't, it's just, once you, once you pop the fun, don't stop. I can't not take it.
1: (laughs) I feel the same way. And for for whatever reason, my body doesn't make enough. And so that bioidentical boost really just makes me feel like a different woman.
0: Me too. And my husband can even tell when I haven't taken it. Like that part of my cycle days, I think I take it days 14 to 25 with a break in between. And he can tell if I, if I wait a little longer, he's like, did you take your progesterone? i like, oh my gosh, I
1: didn't do it. <laughs> That's so funny. He's like your, your human progesterone detector. <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> so- when it comes to the manipulation of hormones and moving things about and just understanding what our levels are at, we've talked about stress, we've talked about the influence of nutrition on them. Where does movement or exercise come into all of this? Because oftentimes if women are, you know, I don't want to put a blanket statement, but most women listening have had some sort of relationship with exercise in the past, whether it be a positive relationship or a not so positive relationship. How does movement influence our hormones either? negatively or positively? Yeah, that's a great question.
1: So movement is good. However, people need to recognize that too much movement or too much exercise is a stressor on the body. Now I'm not saying stressors are all bad, but if you're already in a very fragile state with your hormones, whether you have high cortisol or low progesterone, or you're just transitioning to a higher fat, lower carb diet. So there's, you know, there's a little transition period there with high cortisol. you. Pushing yourself in the gym harder is not smarter. You know, you want to be smart, but you don't want to be exercising too hard. And there's a fine line for every woman. Every woman's a little different. I mean, if you were an athlete in high school, you probably have a lot higher of a tolerance for exercise than someone who is sedentary their whole life. But the minute you start to not recover well from exercise, start to lose your hair, start to store stubborn belly fat, that's probably a sign that you're, you've you gone too far. And many women that I work with, they are very surprised at how little exercise they do well with. So instead of the five to six hit sessions for an hour and a half, it's more like two or three a week maybe, and then the rest of the time, it's
0: walking, yoga, Pilates, gentle movement. Yeah. I'm, I'm one of those ladies. I thrive so much more, just like busting it hard, maybe once a week. I find once a week, it's just enough for me. And anything more than that, even last year when I was still recovering, it had been uh, five to six, seven, seven, eight. So like a year and a half from getting my period back and, um, overcoming amenorrhea, I was having a period, things were going well. My hormones looked great. I went back to the gym and started working out three days a week. I lost my period again.
1: Wow. Isn't that crazy how our body just talks to us very quickly?
0: Yeah. And okay. So I didn't even think about asking you this and maybe I should, because no, I get yeah. this question all the time. The period. Yeah, So many women are like, Leanne, how great was it that you didn't have a period for eight years? I would ah! you that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so I think that women and our culture has a big part to play in this. They treat the period like, oh, it's so bad. Just plug it up and suck it up and move on with your day. Not realizing, like, hey, your menstrual cycle is happening 28 days monthly until you go through menopause, from puberty to menopause. You're constantly a cycling woman. And if you are not, that is a sign that a very deep imbalance and A lot of things that women, or a lot of times women, don't realize that if you're not cycling, if you're not ovulating, you're not making any progesterone. You cannot make progesterone if you're not having a cycle, if you're not ovulating. And so if you want that good anti-aging, anti-androgenic, anti-inflammatory, thyroid-stimulating progesterone, you've got to be cycling. You have to be ovulating specifically. So that plays a huge role in your overall health. And if you're not ovulating for a long period of time, you're going to have more inflammation in the body. You're going to be more insulin resistant because the more the cells are inflamed, the more insulin resistant you become and you're not going to feel very good. Your hair, your skin, your nails, all that good stuff will also suffer as well.
0: You've sold me. I want all of the progesterone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, me too. Yeah. Right. Uh, okay. So let's bust through um, intermittent fasting because intermittent fasting is something that I um, realized very quickly in my ketogenic Process in discovering how keto fit well in my body that fasting for prolonged periods of time did not help my hormones. Right. What are your thoughts on that?
1: You know, I don't want to, I want to preface this by saying fasting is not bad. However, I do not like when women are treated like little men. We are completely different on a metabolic level because we have completely different hormones running the show. And so what we have to understand that even if our personal purpose is not creating a baby, like I'm not saying that that has to be your ultimate goal in life, your biological purpose, your body's whole deal is like, I need to reproduce at all times. And if you're not fertile, if you're not ovulating, if you're not having a period, you can't reproduce. And that is stressful to your body in itself. So, you, so the female body, because its whole goal is to make a baby and be able to sustain a pregnancy, if it's very sensitive to signals of starvation, it it turns on the stress response immediately when it's when it feels like it's starving. The hypothalamus is very sensitive to that stress response. And so intermittent fasting, there's a fine line. It can go from being metabolically helpful and helping you combat insulin resistance and and regain insulin sensitivity into just an absolute stressor for
0: the body. I hope you're totally digging this episode. I love putting these together every week and I hope you're getting something out of it. I love seeing where you're listening from. So next time you're listening or even right now, take a picture of yourself watching the show or a screenshot of your favorite episode and tag me on Instagram at healthful pursuit. And if social isn't your thing, that's totally fine. Just jump on your favorite podcast player and leave a review for the show. Okay, back to the good stuff. So beautiful. And what do you feel about, um, or rather, how do you feel about incorporating uh, like fatty coffees or like, um, fat bombs or something during a fast? So it's not like you're just drinking water or pounding diet Coke, which I'm sure you've seen too, <laughs> that people drink diet Coke. While yeah. Don't remind Aww. me, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, of incorporating a fatty coffee, I do a rocket fuel latte. I find like my hormones respond really well to that or what, what, in your practice
1: yeah i definitely think that if you're gonna go the fasting route you've got to do something to sustain your fast or hack your fast so i mean when you drink fat you're technically not fasting anymore however you're still getting a lot of the metabolic benefits and you're kind of cooling that stress response now for any woman that's struggling with like sleeplessness or anxiety or a loss of a period or ovula- or loss of ovulation or acne can come from intermittent fasting I would recommend intermittent fasting no longer than 12 hours, maybe 14 hours, and then don't do caffeine on top of it. Like caffeine during a a fast, your cortisol is already high. So if you're going to do a fatty coffee, make a decaf or make it some kind of tea, like herbal tea, but please don't pound caffeine on top of having high cortisol levels while you're fasting. How
0: have we not met yet? (laughs) I don't know. How are not best friends? (laughs) What the heck? This is amazing. Yes, I agree with
1: you. (laughs) Okay, good, good. Because you know, it's and it's hard. It's hard to say because so many women come to me and they're like, "I'm in a minute fasting and I feel on top of the world, Jessica. Like my brain is super clear and I feel incredible. Like I can do anything." They're like, "Oh, I fast till like three p.m., four p.m. I feel great," and I'm like, "Yeah," because cortisol makes you have lots of energy. It makes you feel like you're on top of the world and unstoppable and it makes you more androgenic. So when your adrenals are pumping out cortisol, they're usually pumping out some DHEA, which is the adrenals androgenic hormone. And so you're going to kind of transition to a more of a masculine type of personality while cortisol, while your adrenals are overworking, you're going to feel like Boom, I'm gonna get this done and this done and this done. That doesn't necessarily mean that your hormones are balanced. If anything, that could mean the opposite. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Just
0: take it away. I'll just let you know. <laughs> Cyclical ketosis. That's another piece um, to the keto puzzle when it comes to hormones. And when I started incorporating a cyclical practice to my ketogenic diet, um, for those of you who don't know what it is, basically my practice is you eat keto most of the time. And sometimes at dinner, you swap the fat for carbohydrates. And I don't mean pounding cherry turnovers or eating cupcakes or ice cream or anything like that. It's like, have a sweet potato with dinner, um, and that has benefited my hormones and so many of my clients. What are your thoughts, and do you incorporate cyclical practices into your approach? Yeah,
1: yeah, I actually think that carbs are are friends in the right amount and the right delivery. And it really depends on the person, like how active you are and a million different factors, you know, how your adrenals are. But I think that incorporating carbs at least three times a week can be so helpful, especially during certain phases of our cycle, during certain times of the month, we have a higher need for carbohydrates. And when we don't incorporate carbohydrates, the, one of the biggest things for me is when women come to me and they've been doing strict keto for six months to a year, they're really starting to feel like a deflated balloon. And uh, that's that was me too. And it was kind of like, what's going on? I started to see the pattern and I started to dig into how, how do you incorporate carb ups? Now, most people were doing carb ups by like pounding carbs for a day, they are like, all the bread and all the donuts. And I, I, that was counterintuitive to me. But I thought, hey, why don't I just eat a sweet potato when I feel like eating a sweet potato? And that usually came around like two or three times a week when I'm active, more than that. And i started to see a return in like my vitality and i just felt better and sure enough later on i learned that carbs affect the hypothalamus they tell our brain that we're satisfied and we're full and we have enough fuel if we're strictly and I, I know that there, there are applications for a strictly low-fat diet, especially if you have a damaged metabolism or you have certain cancers. I, I, I totally understand that. But for the, the average woman who's just trying to lose that 10 to 15 pounds and get her hormones more balanced, a strict keto approach is probably not her best bet. It's so much better to strategically use carbs to tell your brain, hey, I'm safe. I'm good. I can create all those fertility hormones and feel balanced and fulfilled.
0: Yes, yes to everything you said. I totally agree with you. That safety factor is so important um, of just like, yep, we're safe, continue on. And just incorporating, like, it's not a lot. I mean, I'll never forget. I think I was in Edmonton, Alberta at a book signing. And I- introduced the concept of cyclical ketosis and there was this lady sitting on the floor and she was cross-legged and then I said you know like you could put an apple on your salad and then her eyes got really big and then after she was like oh, I've been craving apples for four months and I haven't had an apple and I started keto five months ago and I just I think I'm just gonna go home and just and I'm just gonna make a salad with an apple on it and I was oh. Like, oh, yes <laughs> yes I, I'm yeah. so glad you brought up that point because I think
1: adding carb ups can also also make us feel a lot less restricted. I would say like women's brains are so powerful and how we think we're so powerful. And one of the underground struggles I call it, because a lot of women are ashamed of it, is that on keto, women are not only food obsessed, but they're binging. Uh, they're binging on carbs, whether it's once a week, once a month, once a year, they uncontrollably start to binge on carbs. And the reason for that is the brain will override the body eventually. And so instead of being this food obsessed, carb obsessed woman, why don't you just give your body what it's crying out for in a more controlled manner, you're going to feel more fulfilled, you're going to feel more satisfied, and you're not going to be obsessed with carbs. And, and you're not going to have to binge on that whole loaf of bread, you're going they just eat an apple like a couple times a week.
0: Ah, ah not an <laughs> apple. There are much worse things. You know, when I get really stressed out, because it still happens sometimes where I fall back into diet patterns and I catch myself, I'm like, Leanne, it's not heroin. You'll be fine. <laughs>
1: right. It's, it's as
0: addictive as cocaine, Leanne. <laughs> it's so true. Back to today's episode in a sec. Some people choose to do plant-based keto, others do carnivore-based keto, and I'd like to think I'm somewhere in the middle, loving meat and plants. I thrive on the right kind of animal protein, protein from healthy animals, animals that get treated fairly, have happy lives on pasture, and are raised ethically. This is why I choose to eat grass-fed and finished beef, free-range chicken, heritage-bred pork, and wild fish. I'm so happy I can get these options from ButcherBox, a meat subscription service I've used since 2016. Listeners of the show get two pounds of free wild alaskan sockeye salmon this month all you have to do to claim your free salmon is go to butcherbox.com keto diet between now and january 31st 2019 order a box and get your two pounds of free wild alaskan sockeye salmon at butcherbox.com slash keto diet okay back to today's episode Switching gears just a little bit, I'd love to chat a little bit about birth control, starting with the role that it played in in your health and your story with birth control.
1: Yeah, this is one of my favorite topics. Thanks for asking. You're so, <laughs> so for people that don't know, I was diagnosed with three autoimmune diseases and polycystic ovarian syndrome uh, just over four years ago. Uh, but before that, I was struggling with a myriad of health. It was like a mystery illness, um, and I had and I didn't really make the connection for a while there. And so until I started kind of digging into my health, but when I was 15 or 16, I was already struggling with hormonal issues, already having some health issues, digestive problems mainly. And the doctor's only fix was, Hey, to regulate your periods, you need to go on birth control. Like that's just the way that they do it. And I was like, okay, yeah, that that sounds fine because I was having really bad periods and it was like, okay, I'm just going to do it just because I was 16. Who wants a period at 16? So I go on the pill and I was on it for about two years. And then when I turned 18, I just started getting a little bit more interested in nutrition. And I started saying like, hmm, why am I taking this pill every day? I kind of forget. And so without no know- knowing anything about it, I just stopped taking it and didn't even think one thing about it. I was just like, I don't need this anymore, whatever. So six months goes by and here I am, 40 pounds heavier Nothing changed. I gained 40 pounds. I had cystic acne all over my face and my back. My hair was falling out in chunks. Uh, I had this weird ache all over my body. I was depressed. I had severe anxiety. And I got to the point where I uh, couldn't get through the day without taking about a three to four hour nap. I was so fatigued, so weak, so tired. And the doctors kept telling me your tests look normal. And I was even told that, you know, this is just what happens when you get old. And I was like, that, that was one of them. I mean, another person or another doctor told me, Hey, you need to go see a psychiatrist ASAP. But my favorite was, Hey, you're just getting old. You know, this is what happens when you get old. And I thought to myself, wow, if this is what like an adult experiences, now I know why people say it sucks to be an adult. Like this sucks.
0: (laughs) And And you're
1: so young still. (laughs) Right. I was 18. And I was thinking, What? So, for a year, that's what I thought. Like, I was just like, this is what getting old feels like. All the while, my inflammation is progressing. I'm getting worse and worse. I got to the point where I had to actually plan my trips up and down the stairs so I couldn't climb up and down the stairs multiple times a day it was too much work so I would be like okay I would write down a list of I need to get water when I go downstairs I need to sharpen my pencils because I was in college at the time and so I was like okay these are all the things I need to get a snack and I would plan my trips up and down the stairs because for me that was almost too much work I would keep it to like two or three trips up and down the stairs plus I was depressed so I barely wanted to leave the bed anyways (laughs) but But eventually, I found a doctor that said, uh, I don't think this is normal. Functional medicine doctor. She ran all the tests and I finally found a diagnosis, which for me was so inspiring because I was like, finally, someone is acknowledging that there's something wrong with me. And I had already been doing all the research. Like, I knew I had an autoimmune disease and I knew I had polycystic ovarian syndrome. I just couldn't find a doctor to run the test. And so by that time, I was already starting to dig into what do I do about this? And that's kind of when I discovered that was when paleo was becoming really popular. So I discovered paleo and I did discovered people's stories. But for me, paleo helped me a little bit, but it didn't help me a lot. And so here I was trying to eat all this high quality food. And for some reason it wasn't budging. The weight wasn't budging. How I felt really didn't get much better. And so naturally I started to transition over to a more high fat, low carb Style of eating because I didn't tolerate carbs well, just rice, sweet potatoes, digestive wise. This was before I even knew what keto was. I was just kind of intuitively eating high fat, low carb. And then I discovered Dr. Terry Wall's Wall's protocol, and she was talking about the Paleo Plus protocol, which is pretty much keto. And that was the first time I ever heard, like, oh, a high fat, low carb diet is used for healing. Like, this is just what I've been doing. And so I uh, just kept doing it. And then I You know, I started to change my lifestyle as well. Obviously, lowering stress and sleeping more and taking the right supplements. I mean, healing is like an onion; it's layers and layers and layers. Um, And bioidentical hormones really helped me. I, I didn't really make very much progesterone after I went off the pill. My body never really learned how to cycle properly. So unfortunately, I will probably always have to take bioidentical progesterone, even though I'm in my early 20s. So it's kind of just like that's what it is. Like it it is what it is. But I'm so glad because it taught me the power of real food and
0: real living. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's such an amazing story. And it's interesting to hear just, you know, I interview so many people and really the catalyst for change is when they're really frustrated and they realize if this is going to solve itself, I need to take my health into my own hands. And how cool is it now that you're teaching other women how to do the same for their own health? So thank you for putting your work out there.
1: Oh, thank you. You're, you're one of the ones that has inspired me so much. So I'm thankful for you.
0: Oh, wow. Oh, that makes me so happy. Thank you so much. So when it comes to birth control, you know, my story is, well, I went on birth control because uh, what was, oh, I was dealing with acne. I had been on Accutane for two rounds and Accutane. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's horrible. Like oh, it yeah. your skin's so dry. Um, it's like massive doses of vitamin a and it just, it wasn't great. So when my dermatologist said, do you want to go out on Accutane a third time? I'm like, no, thanks. Right. Like, no, I'm not doing that. And he said, well, why, why don't we put you on a low dose birth control? And that was the beginning of just craziness. And I think there's a huge misconception. And and I hope my sister is listening to this episode because I have talked to her about this so many times and she doesn't believe me. She says that she's regular because she takes birth control and there's nothing wrong with her hormones. Thoughts? Because I know that a lot of people think I'm on birth control. I get perfect periods. I don't have problems. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah. So it's so funny. I just made a post on Instagram yesterday that was a pill bleed is not a period.
0: This is why I'm asking you because I saw (laughs) that and I was like, yes, we have to talk about this.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, I'll, I'll start by kind of telling you what birth control is or just kind of summarizing it really quick, Cliff Notes version. But it's a synthetic cocktail of fake estrogen and fake progesterone, also called progestin that suppresses your own ability to make your own hormones so the whole point of the pill is to suppress you from ovulating so that you don't get pregnant you don't drop an egg and therefore it can't be fertilized because there's no egg to fertilize and it kind of cuts off that HPO axis that I talked about, that hypothalamus pituitary ovarian axis. Your brain is no longer talking to your ovaries. And so a pill bleed is not a real period. It was actually introduced in the 1950s. They made it kind of mimic your natural period because contraception was illegal in the 1950s. And so they had to prescribe the pill under this kind of cover story that was, it's for female issues. It's for regulating the menstrual cycle, which No, it's actually a synthetically induced bleed. All you do that day 21 of your hormonal birth control pill, there's no... Hormones anymore. They kind of uh, withdraw you from those hormones. So it forces your uterine lining to shed to look like a regular period. It's nothing like a regular period. It's just a pharmaceutically induced bleed every 28 days. There's no medically necessary reason for you to bleed. You could bleed every 56 days, every 100 days. It wouldn't matter. It would just be that they would set it up that way. They've set it up this every 28 day bleed, but it's not an actual period. So
0: why would women not want this?
1: Well, if you're not ovulating, you're not creating progesterone. You're not creating your own estradiol either, which, like we talked about, is responsible for regulating our metabolism, stimulating our thyroid, but many other things, like protecting us from something called cancer, uh, protecting us from strokes, blood clots, type blood pressure. We need these hormones to protect our cells. And over time, the birth control pill does a few different things. And this is what women are not informed. And I I always tell women, I am pro you, not anti-birth control. I just want you to be able to make an informed decision. And I come in contact with hundreds of women who tell me I had no idea. No idea, because my doctor was told that this just helps regulate periods. No, it actually stops your period. It stops you from cycling altogether. And when you're not ovulating, you're not making your own hormones, and therefore you're not getting the benefits of your own estradiol or your own progesterone.
0: And that can be scary long-term. Beautifully said, Jessica. And what do you feel like is missing from the keto space right now that you you wish there was just more of? Mm, That's a really good question. Uh, I wish that, like I said before,
1: I wish that women would stop being treated like little men like oh, you're not having a period. oh it's it it should be fine. like oh, uh, it's cool, you know because that is but men don't really even understand the importance of a cycle or how bad a period can be or how good ovulation can be and so i wish in this space there would be more just research done and more things geared more towards women because remember our hormones are at a different level at- all times of the month. So when we're menstruating, our estrogen and progesterone is really low. So we're way more insulin resistant during that time. And then during like the luteal phase, which is the week before our period, we have a higher need for carbohydrates because our body is preparing for that potential pregnancy. We just might've gotten an egg fertilized. And so the body is very sensitive to stress signals because it may be pregnant. And so you're going to have more carbohydrate needs and cravings during that luteal phase. And I don't like when When a man says, oh, you're just being weak or, oh, carb cravings are bad, maybe for you, but not for me because I have a completely different body, a completely different biological
0: purpose than you. Yes. Drop the mic. Oh my gosh. Jessica, where can people find more from you?
1: They can find me. I'm mostly active on Instagram. I try to do some kind of informational video every day at Jessica Ash Wellness. Um, I also have a blog where I kind of do blog posts, but I more create resource guides that are downloadable so that people can actually print them out or download them onto their computer and have them in their hands so they can remember, put them on their fridge, their bathroom mirror, things like that.
0: Amazing. We'll include all those links in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me, Leanne. You're the best. So we just spent roughly 36-ish minutes of dedicated time really focusing on a single keto topic. And you might already feel a lift in your confidence, maybe a renewed sense of, I've got this. Or if you're new, maybe you're starting to see that with the right guidance, you can conquer your cravings, balance your hormones, take back your health, and really start to thrive in your own body. But what about all the questions you still have? Like, how many carbs should I be eating? How can I be sure I'm hitting the right macros for me? Should I be fasting? What's the right fasting protocol for me? Is keto really safe? And with all the differing opinions out there, how can I really know? And ultimately it all comes down to this. How can you totally rock your fat burning life from every angle, so that you're equipped to be the one making the decisions about your body and about your diet. Your family and friends aren't deciding for you, your cravings aren't deciding for you, and for the love of all things rational and sensible, the internet isn't deciding for you anymore. Instead, you can be the one who is the go-to for other people when they're thinking about trying this keto thing for themselves. If answers to all those questions, plus support and advice from me and Dr. Nina plus a community of amazing keto sisters all on this journey with you. Sounds like something you can really dig into. Happy Keto Body, my 12-week online video training program for women is open again for registration. You can head on over to happyketobody.com to register today. And I'm so excited about the updates we've made since last time. We've heard feedback from members and we listened. We've added new topics, expanded resources. There's literally something for everyone inside this program. Even if you have special life circumstances or health imbalances, even if you feel pretty confident on keto already, this program is jam-packed with resources to give you more confidence and help you get better results with your keto lifestyle. You can go to happyketobody.com to register before spaces fill up.